Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whenever you're listening to the show, welcome in to the Beers and Ears podcast back after a one-week hiatus, although you did get to hear the dulcet uh, tones of Matt, Casey, and Chris on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles broadcast. I hope you all had fun listening to that, as much fun as I had being on that, but welcome into the actual show, the Beers and Ears podcast. I'm Casey. And my name is Matt. Yes, um, you know, what's the matter, Casey? couldn't get a date to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll tell you i'll tell you i was just too busy thinking straight being straight doing straight I, uh all right anyway that joke has played itself out at this point but no oh, yeah. i was um i was out of town last week as most of you knew from the crazy postings in the facebook group i was trying to get some great images and and, and I, I had a lot of fun um exploring on my own last week with my my pass holder uh, uh my pass holder Older, um a pass and uh matt i loved your picture at, at the at the bank that was that yeah. was great that was what an exciting fabulous. time i was having <laughs> i know right but um yeah it was a good time matt i um I, you know i i uh i had four days i ended up doing um epcot on the first day i got guardians of the galaxy which was a lot of fun um and then i kind of decided on thursday because I was wearing a shirt that got a lot of compliments and comments on it that said, don't say DeSantis. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a picture in front of all four park icons with this shirt on in one day. Oh my gosh. My feet hurt so bad. I can imagine so. (laughs) Because partly it rained, partly it was hot, but I managed to do it. I I got through Epcot. I was there until about 2.30, hopped over to Animal Kingdom, uh, rode Expedition Everest twice, mind you, one of which was in a downpouring rain. Oh my God, it hurt. Um, Park hopped over to Hollywood Studios. I did nothing at Hollywood Studios except for take the picture and get back on the bus to go over to Magic Kingdom at that point. Mind you, I was um, stacking my Genie Pluses at that point, trying to get them built up, which was nice. And then I wound up over at Magic Kingdom and did some stuff. I did not stay till the end of the night. I think I stayed until about 6.30 and I was like, I'm done. I'm going back to the resort. Because I knew I'd be going back to Magic Kingdom later in the week. And then I did... um, uh what did i do on friday i think it was hollywood studios on friday no it was magic kingdom i went back to magic kingdom on friday park hopped over to to hollywood studios later took a break that we're in the dog days of summer at this point with yeah and and i'm telling you i know you've heard us say it on this pod before take a break man take a midday break go back to the pool fall asleep for an hour i know time is money when you're down there but it, it makes that second half of the day so much more manageable. Yeah, time. We, we say time is money, but save your time in other ways so you do have time to take a rest. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah. you get to the end of the day and it's just not fun anymore because you're just tired. <laughs> it isn't. It, it is. You know, and I was going to stay. I was going to watch um, Fantasmic on Friday night. Um was it Friday night or maybe it was Saturday night? I can't remember which night it was. One of the nights I was going to watch it, I got all the way over there. The storms had been rolling in all day. 
and I just was looking at like, oh my God, if it lightnings, they're going to cancel Fantasmic. Do I really want to waste 90 minutes of my time waiting for Fantasmic? I love the show, but then I looked down and Rise of the Resistance was 30 minutes or 20 minutes, I think, at that point. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going back to Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, we'll that's, just do that. That's like 20 minutes in of itself to do that as well. So I had a lot of fun doing that. And I also got to do the Keys to the Kingdom tour, Matt. Yeah, and you had texted me and I, I didn't answer because I, I was probably busy doing other stuff, but you were like, you got to do this at the- some point. If you, okay, we talk a lot about, first of all, if this is your only Disney trip or you've never been, or you go down very rarely, this is not a trip you necessarily want to take. If you're a Diz fan and you're down there once a year, twice a year, even once every other year, put the hundred dollars down, especially if it's like just you and one, you have to be, I think at least 13 to go on this tour. So your young kids can't do it. And here's the reason why. You are backstage for over half of the tour. You are in the Utilidors for a portion of it, but you're also back behind uh, Pirates of the Caribbean where they line up the, um, the Festival of Fantasy Parade. We got to see how they line it up, how they move those floats in. We got to see uh, cast members um, who are characters. Uh, um, uh, the way they refer to it now is not friends with, they just say they are, they are with Cinderella. They are with yeah. Elsa. We got to see them partially dressed. Like when we were down the Utilidors, I got to see Cinderella with her updo done, but that was, that was it. She had no dress on. She was in her sweats. It was kind of really weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, so thank you for clarifying. That yeah. She was yeah. In her sweats. Yeah. She was in her sweats, <laughs> but, but I learned, we learned a ton. One of the things I learned about was, for example, face characters are responsible for doing their own makeup. Hmm. They have to do their own makeup. They're taught how to do their own makeup and their own hair. They pick up their costume. They have certain times they've got to arrive before their 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 um their performance. I also learned that if you get to be a face character, um, it can be months before you're actually accepted because you got to be able to prove that you can do it and that you actually do age out of those characters. Mm-hmm. When we were back there, um. Pirates of the Caribbean had a, a malfunction that they actually had to evacuate the boats through the backstage. So we're back there. We've paid to be backstage and see all this stuff. But when uh, um, when a, a attraction goes down and they've got to evacuate to the backstage before they can evacuate, unless it's like obviously a dangerous situation. Oh, yeah. Before they can evacuate, they have to actually clear the backstage of any characters or non stage ready stuff so that it doesn't destroy the illusion for those guests because those those guests have not paid to have their illusions destroyed so like all the characters had to run and hide they weren't allowed to be seen unless (laughs) they were in full outfit you paid to just have the illusion of magic right right (laughs) but because of that the festival of fantasy parade at noon did not step off at at time but I will tell you, for the 120 bucks for whatever that you pay for it, you get a lunch at Pecos Bill. So that's $20 value right there. Yeah. You get a specialized pin. Um, and honestly, it's five, the five hours goes by super fast. So for anyone who is a Disney fan, I highly recommend the Keys of the Kingdom Tour. Okay. Well, that's going to have to be on my list. Um, there you go. You know, like I've never done any of those tours because I'm not down there enough and there's so much other stuff that I want to see, but I I, I can probably swing that. Yeah. For five hours. And then you basically you get released and you're you got the rest of the day rest of the day to do whatever you want. And they're really good about like, okay, do you want to register for the one o'clock Tron? 
um, we'll let you do that kind of thing. like they'll, they'll let you, you're not allowed to have your phones out at all while you're Makes backstage sense. or down in the utilidors. Um, the utilidors are really interesting, Matt, you and I have worked backstage at a Disney establishment. You know, there's no magic backstage. Nope. There's no magic downstairs. They've got top 40 music playing. Cause in, in, in our, our guide, I got to give shout out by the way, to Dallas, our guide, um, Dallas, in the event that you ever happen to listen to this man, Awesome, awesome, awesome. He actually works guest relations out of um, Town Square, too. Oh, cool. City Hall. But anyway, um, the way he put it, he goes, look, he goes, nothing against the background music up up, up top. He goes, but when we're down here, we want to just not be immersed in the magic for a little Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, basically what he said. He's like, it's just, not great when top 40 music is like, thank goodness. Yeah. No, he's just <laughs> like, he's just like, we just, just let us zone for a little bit. Like mm-hmm. we just need to zone. And like, he even said this, like when you're down here or you're backstage, he goes, you ha- you know, there are people going to and from work. We need everyone to stay on this side. So we're not blocking it. We you know, like don't, uh, unless they say something to you or wave to you, don't wave to that. Like there were some very strict rules about it because they're at work. I mean, they're, they're yeah. employees, you know? So, but on another note, Matt, Disney released some new news uh, this oh. week. Yes. There's uh, one piece of it. You can do the rest of it. There's one piece. Well, that I why want don't to you do. go ahead and do that piece? I'll do the rest. The one piece is that, and I was kind of wrapped up in the other one, that Hollywood Studios will have Jollywood. Yes. And there is Jollywood going to be Nights. a show that is hosted by Kermit the Frog yes. and Miss Piggy. Uh, my goodness, I'm so excited. I, I, when I saw the announcement about halfway to the holidays and what they were doing. First of all, uh, Mickey's A uh, Very Merry Christmas Party is coming back to the Magic Kingdom. That continues to be one of the most popular events at Disney. I I think this is a brilliant idea on Disney's part. Hollywood Studios is a beautiful park at night. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to celebrate Hollywood Studios with that vibe of 1940s holiday, Christmas, etc. Jollywood Nights, it's a fun theme. It, it um, perfectly fits in. It like does. That, that's a it does. perfect name. And and you know, yeah, okay, fine. It's a money grab again. It's $200 or $150 whatever for the ticket, but you know what people are going to pay that and honestly as someone who has done those holiday parties, I've not done the Christmas one, but I've done the Halloween one twice. It's worth it. There's a lot of stuff to do. The amount of people that are there is shortened or is, is so much less than if you're there during the regular time. So not only do you get to experience the attractions, you get to experience the ambiance. And honestly, I don't get me wrong. I love traditional Christmas, but the idea of a Christmas at Hollywood Studios in that 1940s vibe, that was like my grandmother's like type yeah. vibe for Christmas. I think I could really get into that. Also, yes, it is a money grab. This is a business that is trying to make money. Yep. <laughs> I, I suspect that what will happen, well, actually, if you looked at the dates, it's probably close to this. You will never see Mickey's Very Merry Christmas and Jollywood Nights on the same night, at least not this year. There's yeah. a, I think it's 11 dates for Jollywood Nights. 25 or 26 dates for Mickey's uh I keep saying not so scary but Mickey's very merry Christmas party I think they're going to be opposite nights so if you're at Jollywood Nights you can experience Magic Kingdom if yeah. you're at Magic Kingdom you can experience Hollywood Studios so I really do think um I think it's a smart I think it's going to sell out I've already had a few people ask me about it yeah. um we can't buy tickets for it just yet pricing has not been released for it yet um I think we'll probably see pricing for that a little bit closer probably in August I would imagine we'll start to see that 
Yeah, I, um, I it's I mean a huge win. Honestly, I, I'm I'm expecting that at some point they will do a holiday Animal Kingdom celebration may, maybe, at some point. Too. Maybe I, that's a little bit tougher, only because they just don't have as much over there. I don't. I think it depends on what they get in there. Exactly. Um, I would love to see an Epcot holiday celebration, although they do have Festival of the Holidays, so maybe that's yeah. kind of their version of it. I think that's kind of their version. So I'd like to see what Animal King because that's the thing is like. An Animal Kingdom version wouldn't have to be exactly like a yeah yeah that's true a a you know whatever the gonna, other what are you going to put a Santa hat on the the lion inside the Kilimanjaro Safari um, let's see uh... <laughs> all right well the other news was that Disney also released um, discounted pricing for the fall um, yeah. they released for Disney Plus subscribers up to I think it's up to thirty percent or maybe even up to thirty five percent off select stays during um, November and December uh, including by the way the week of Christmas is included in that which I thought was really interesting yeah and then just general pricing up to 25 percent off basically starting from October 2nd all the way through December 26th so um, really great pricing in fact I just priced stuff out for some clients um in fact this is one of the benefits of working with a travel planner i retroactively applied it for two of my clients i actually saved one of my clients thirteen hundred dollars because Woo! of this promo yeah so he saved quite a bit of money they, they, they were very happy about that so um that's the benefit of working with the travel planner is that we're gonna go in and make sure you get the best deal you know so anyway yeah. well matt what are we doing i'm excited about this one so, you know, coming on the heels of The Little Mermaid, we now have a very, very large amount of live action movies. And this is not going to be a podcast of what do we think about those live action movies. Fact of the matter is they are going to continue to still being made. And I will say, I think the distaste for them has subsided that as the quality has started to go up in certain cases that people are have become more okay with them. But we thought we'd do a little bit of a interesting little bracket challenge. Now, because of the number of them, we, we've the first round we've had to kind of had to do some finagle, buys. Had to do some finagle buys. some things. Yeah. There, but, there, are, there are 22 on our list, which is actually probably bigger than maybe what you are thinking there are. And we're gonna I'm gonna explain we're our going all the way back. Yeah. So I found this <laughs> list online. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read these real quick, Matt, just so people know what we're talking about. And they're yeah, broken yeah. up into four categories. So I kind of categorize them into four ways. There's what I like to call the originals. The originals are um, Rudyard Kipling's Jungle Book. That was um, a 1994 live action. It happens to be the oldest one on this list. Uh, competing against the Jungle Book Mowgli story, which is a 1998 live action adaptation as well. They were really uh, hammering early on the Jungle Book as the live action adaptation. Well, interesting little story about um, the Jungle Book um, Mowgli story. Uh, in that one, the voice of Baloo the bear is Brian Doyle Murray. You know oh. who voices Baloo in the live action Jungle Book as well? Bill Murray. So yeah. it, it, brothers, it's kind of funny. I never yeah. knew that. I saw that as I was looking this up. Then we have 102 Dalmatians up against a buy. So that's going to find its way into the sweet 16. We have 101 Dalmatians up against a buy also going to find its way. Now these, by the way, are the Glenn close versions of the movie. Yes. Then we have Alice in Wonderland, the original Alice in Wonderland, Tim Burton, Johnny Depp, that whole thing. Then we move into the, prequel slash other stories these are the 
live actions where it's based around the premise of the movie, but told from a different perspective. So we have Maleficent also up against a buy. Alice through the looking glass. So this story is different than the original Alice in Wonderland. That's why it gets classified into this grouping. Yeah. Up against Maleficent 2, Mistress of Evil, Christopher Robin, Peter Pan, and Wendy. Um, that one it probably could be a story follower, but there are some distinct differences on that one. And then Cruella up against a buy. Then we have the bracket, the story followers. This is the live actions where it really stays true to the original for the most part. Pinocchio up against Beauty and the Beast. There's some change there, but for the most part, it's pretty yeah, yeah. pretty decent. The Jungle Book. So the newest Jungle Book live action. Was the John Favreau one. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Against Cinderella. Aladdin up against a buy. And The Little Mermaid up against a buy. And then finally, we've got what I call the CGI live action. So, yes, they're live action, but it's basically all CGI for the most <laughs> live part. Live action is in heavy yeah, quotations. <laughs> exactly. Or it's just completely random, kind of out of nowhere. So this one I didn't even really classify as a live action, but I guess it is. It's The Sorcerer's Apprentice with Nick Cage. We'll throw it in there. Against a buy. The Lion King against a buy. Lady and the Tramp against Dumbo. And then Pete's Dragon against a buy so it's not perfect science by any means but it gets us to where we need to go we um, again the first round is going to be kind of hairy just because yeah. um but then once we get to the sweet 16 then it's fine so but i'm going to go ahead and plug in the the, the buys real quick while you're yes. talking so basically what by the time we get to the final four we will have one of each category that kind of um we can go through and again this is not a perfect list i will perfectly admit in some of my in some of my votes um in some of my my opinions it has something to do with my opinions on the original movie or the story at large there's some stories that connect with me there's some stories that don't um so this is not meant to be again a a exhaustive list well and i think Um, it's also important to point out that we didn't talk about like what we're what criteria we are using because that's not what we, which we don't we never do that on this podcast no, we don't no. we love the idea that like um and i'm also open to i have kind of my ideas but i'm also open to being convinced on these things um uh but uh so it, I, it, this, I, I also want to say one more thing too that I have not seen every one of these movies either. So some of my criteria might also be based on external factors, like how was it rated? How did the critics respond? Um, you know, what was the gross of the movie kind of yeah. things? What was the response? So there's only two of them that I haven't seen. Okay. I, I think for the most part, I've seen most of them. So, all right, well, let's get started. The, the, the first bracket has three buys already. So 102 Dalmatians moves over, 101 Dalmatians moves over, and Alice in Wonderland moves over. So the only one that you and I are really talking about is the Jungle Book matchup of Ruyard Kipling's Jungle Book versus the Jungle Book Mowgli's story. These are the two I haven't seen. These are the, And these are two from the 1990s. It's interesting because they were within four years of yeah. each other. One thing that was really interesting is the, the Ruyard Kipling's one um, in that particular one, um, the the animals actually did not talk. Mm-hmm. So it's and 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 just kind of looking at kind of how it was received. 
Um, a lot of people like just go on to say that really it's it, it you know dazzling scenery. It grossed forty three million dollars in the United States, twenty seven million dollars in Canada. The budget was thirty million, so it did make its money back. That you know that's something to say. Where the other one, the Jungle Book Mowgli story, that I think might have been a direct to uh, direct to video movie, or ah, maybe okay. even a. Um, a, a TV one because I don't see any box office numbers listed on there. I mean, that was right in the time of like Wonderful World of Disney, that type of thing. Like, that sounds like a pretty, especially because you could have very easily, you know, Jungle Book was the last animated feature that Walt Disney worked mm-hmm. on. You could very tie that in. Um, so I'm, I'm personally impartial to one where animals talk. So, um, you're going uh, Mowgli story. I'm going Mowgli story. I'm also with you on that one. I think that part of what makes it special is the fact that the, um, the animals, um, uh, talk, hold on one second here. Yeah. You know, where the animals talk. Now, the one thing I will say, say about this, what's interesting is that while the animals talk, their mouths don't move. It it does kind of like that 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 homeward bound kind of yeah yeah yeah, where, yeah. Where you can hear them you can hear what they're talking like but they're not actually talking like with the mouths moving but still for that reason I still do believe animals talking helps make the movie more magical and more Disney esque so yeah. are we in agreement then I, I agree oh, with that one. I really don't think that's going to make it much past where we're putting I was going to say but... I'm not really not really confident that one's going to matter. <laughs> All right. So if if you are really upset that we chose this, please let us know. (laughs) All right. So we move on to prequel and other stories. Uh, Maleficent was up against the buy. So she moves on. And so was Cruella. She was up against the buy. So what we have here is Alice through the looking glass and Maleficent to Mistress of Evil. Now, I purposely put these two together because they are both sequels. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of because that could be one point where you're you're judging one against the other, um, where one's the original, one's a sequel. But in this case, they're both sequels. Um, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to start with mine since you did the last one. Go for it. I think of the two, Maleficent 2, Mistress of Evil should win out. And I think the biggest, I think Maleficent two was actually better than the original Maleficent. I do. I feel there was more storytelling. I feel like we got a lot more into the, um, into the backstory, the exposition. I felt the graphics were better. I also felt it was a little bit darker and grittier, um, which, you know, for Maleficent being this old of a, um, this old of a villain, it was nice to just kind of see some other side of her as well. I actually like, I didn't like the original Maleficent. Um, Amy can testify to that when we went to that, I was not a fan, but I actually did enjoy Maleficent too. That said, I do like Alice Through the Looking Glass. I felt it was a little zany, um, but that's Tim Burton for you. You all know I'm not a huge Tim Burton fan. So for that reason, I think Maleficent 2, Mistress of Evil, uh, should get the vote here. I'm going to do a lookup of the box office, but go ahead and share yeah. your opinion. No, I, you, you, you and I are in, on, on the same wavelength here. Zany, I like to use the word zany because the, I, I was trying to figure out what made me just Alice through the looking glass, not really land with me. And I think that's what it was. It just, it was just too zany. And I agree with you. I thought that Maleficent two had um, some really, really nice set pieces with it. Um, It fleshed out that character. I agree seeing a different side of her while still kind of keeping her as this 
you know, evil person. A little bit of how I and felt. And if I'm not mistaken, well. that's the one that's got Michelle Pfeiffer in it. Yeah, too, yeah. Right? So I mean, I I really like the villain. Of, yeah, she does a nice job. In that she role. really does. Like, I really feel like there's a really good exposition and story arc there. Yeah. Um. Real quick, I think the 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 the, the viewers list, uh, agree with us too. Alice through the Looking Glass. Um, had a budget of 170 million and grossed just about 300 million, where uh, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, had a budget of 185 million and grossed 491 million. Okay. So I mean, it, when you look at that, I mean, it grossed a lot more. Um, in terms of reception, let's see here. Uh, Probably about the same. Critical response on Rotten Tomatoes: 39 percent, with 5.1 out of one for Maleficent. And then for um, Alice Through the Looking Glass, 28% on Rotten Tomatoes and 4.5 out of 10. So a little bit less. So, I mean, I think when you think about just what our gut reaction is, as well as what the critics have said and the box office returns, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, I think, takes the cake. Would you I agree? I think just, just slightly. Just yeah. slightly. Yep. All right. What about Christopher Robin? versus peter pan and wendy i remember they played the heck out of christopher robin trailer in our oh my goodness so yeah i mean they they really slammed home uh, christopher robin which makes sense winnie the pooh is one of the most popular characters um and of course you brought back you know jim cummings to do his his winnie the pooh and um you're continuing on the story of christopher robin Robin growing up I, i it's a very heartfelt you know pull on your heartstrings type story but i thought really they did a nice job with it i thought that christopher robin is a very good movie um, you know, Peter Pan and Wendy, you know, this is where our comparisons can be a little bit difficult in terms of the box office because mm-hmm. Peter Pan and Wendy was a direct to Disney plus live action. And um, like all of the Disney plus direct to live action, it was fine. I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm not feeling the need to like watch it over and over again. I also don't know if some of that is the fatigue of, I mean, how many different studios have adapted Peter Pan and have their own thing of Peter Pan and all that jazz. Um, This is one for me that again, just slight, slightly for Christopher Robin. I think that um, I think that what they were able to do to continue telling that story um, and just the development of, how Christopher Robin has kind of lost his way, so to speak. And it's, it's his, you know, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and Piglet and Eeyore are the ones that kind of ground him back into a reality of a work-life balance and all that other stuff. And I, 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 that's just a slight one for me. Again, I thought Peter Pan and Wendy really, really solid, but nothing like that jumped out of the screen for me. It's, it's interesting. I think had Christopher Robin, waited two more years it would have been a disney plus movie yeah i do absolutely i I think christopher robin was is one of the very last live action type movies of of this caliber because i don't think they reached the caliber of some of the blockbusters that we've seen i think it's kind of a second tier live action but i think it's one of the only ones that's left that would have gone or that that went to the box office and now that we have this disney plus medium uh to be able you know technology to be able to carry it i think christopher robin would have gone there had it been around but it was released in 2018 that said i did enjoy christopher robin i think christopher robin was a play 
um, for an older demographic. I really do. I feel that it was not a play for millennials, like many of the ones on this list. I think I don't even think it was a play for Generation X. I think this was a play for older Gen X and boomers who grew up with those Winnie the Pooh stories. I did not grow up with Winnie the Pooh stories. I did not. I I I, I knew Winnie the Pooh. I watched some of the cartoons. You know, Winnie the Pooh Bear. Oh Winnie yeah, the Winnie Pooh the Pooh Bear. Bear. You know, yeah. I remember those. I don't remember. I've never seen the original movie. You've never um, seen the original movie. Wow. I have not. Okay. No, no. I know enough about the characters. I know how much they mean. I, I understand all that. But I think this was a play for some of that older demographic. And that's reflected in the box office. I mean, it had a budget of $70 million. It did $197 million. Yeah, it probably made its money back plus a little bit. It may have touched on some heartstrings. Well, um, you, you remember the plush? Like, we had oh, the yeah, plush from yeah. the movie and that. We couldn't it keep that. It sold also. out. And then we got more in. And it sold out. We got more in. So I really do feel like that was the play there. I, Peter Pan, Wendy, I enjoyed it. Um, but to your point, how many Peter Pan movies do we need? Like the, the, the plot's the same. Like Hook in our generation's eyes, even though it is not a Peter Pan movie, it's it is it is Peter Pan to us. But that if, one that one extends the story. That is the Christopher Robin of that, Peter that, Pan. That's what stories. I'm that's what I'm saying. If they really wanted to do another true Peter Pan story. It would be centered in the universe of Hook. Yes. Figure out a way. I, mean, I know Robin Williams is not with us anymore, but figure out a way, whether it's a sequel or a prequel to that. Give me the Hook or the, the Peter Pan and Hook of the Hook universe. Then you're going to have me, for lack of a better term, hooked. Um, zing. Zing. Uh, <laughs> that said, to me, I still think the live action Jeremy Sumter version of Peter Pan from like 12 years ago is, in my opinion, the best live action that's been produced. I don't know if that was Warner Brothers. Then there was another one that came out like five or six years after that, which was they were I think it was just called Pan. Yes. Yeah. OK, fine. It was OK. I didn't mind. I think they were going to try to make it into something bigger than what it was, but it didn't perform well. I just I think people are tired of the Peter Pan story. I do. And so. For that reason, I also give it to Christopher Robin. I think that um, it deserves a spot moving up on this list. Wonderful. All right. Very good. Moving on to the story followers. Uh, Aladdin had a buy, and so did Little Mermaid. They're going to be head to head here in just a minute, which is going to be a fun scary. discussion. Um, but we have Pinocchio against Beauty and the Beast. I'm going to go ahead and start with mine on this one. Yeah. Did I got to ask, have you seen the live action Pinocchio? Did I you have. watch it? I did. I did. Okay. Um. What'd you think of it? It's the animated version, but live action. I mean, it's that's, there. It's there. I mean, it, first of all, they didn't do anything creepy with Pinocchio's face, right? He looks the same. Which I honestly prefer. But, but like, did it have to be retold? And I think that's the question a lot of the times these live actions that pe people come up with these live actions and go, I do not subscribe to that. You're ruining my classic movie philosophy. No, no, no. Original Pinocchio is still there. I'm not a huge fan of the original Pinocchio to begin with myself. I, I get the history of it. I totally understand it, but okay. It's fine. It's there. It didn't add much. If anything, it's there. It's also a Disney plus when you pit that up against beauty and the beast, which is a behemoth. Sorry. It's just the way everything shook, shook out to be honest with you which is a behemoth, Beauty and the Beast, in my opinion, is going to win out. And Beauty and the Beast was an amazing movie. I was not a fan of what they did with 
um, how they made Lumiere and Cogsworth and stuff. I think we talked about that two weeks ago. But I also am a huge fan of how they added to the backstory of Belle and what happened to her mother and, you know, being able to transport with the mirror and all the, like that to me was really cool. Um, I remember when I saw Beauty and the Beast in the theater, I thought it was absolutely extraordinary. The way they did Be Our Guest was absolutely extraordinary. They really, really did that one right. And so in my personal opinion, hands down, Beauty and the Beast wins this one. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing Beauty and the Beast through on, on the grounds of this. I'd watch the live action Beauty and the Beast again. I don't really feel the need to watch Pinocchio again. <laughs> well, it, it's again, also it's hard. Ba- to- it's, it's not bad. Like it's, 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 I don't think it is a, a subpar film. It's just fine. It is. I, I've used this this metaphor a lot on I don't know on this podcast, but a lot of my writing other stuff like that. It's the vanilla ice cream of movies. If there's no other ice cream, sure, I'll have some vanilla. But if there's literally any other flavor like uh, Rocky Road or ch- uh, chocolate chip or something like that, I'm taking that one. Not just oh, you know what? I know there's this really great flavor of ice cream over here, but I really just want plain vanilla. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's also worth pointing out. Um, so just for for you know the kind of the, the comparison stake, seventy one percent. Uh, score approval for Beauty and the Beast based on 380 reviews, 6.7 out of 10 versus Pinocchio's 29% of approval and 4.7%. Obviously, Pinocchio doesn't have a box office return, but it's very important to point out that of the ones that we've talked about so far on this list, and we'll have some others, Beauty and the Beast is the first of the ones we've talked about that crossed the billion dollar threshold in box office. Yeah. Uh, had 160 to $255 million budget. I'm sure a lot of that had to do with marketing, but $1.266 billion dollars. Emma Watson was Belle. When you say the name Emma Watson, you know her for one of two roles at this point. You know yes. her as Hermione Granger, or you know her as Belle, or you know her as both. Like that is her, that is who she is now in the, the zeitgeist of the culture. So yeah, I think it's beating the beast too. Great. Oh, this next one I'm excited about. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, the next one is the jungle book versus Cinderella. Um, I'm going to let Matt go on this in just a second. I just want to say Cinderella in a lot of people's minds is really like the, the first live action that kind of yes. jump started all the live actions that we think of in the modern era, even though it's not, that's how a lot of people think of that. So yeah. put that in context, Matt, what do you got? Yeah. Uh, you know, I love the jungle book, but I also am on this pod saying that I believe that Cinderella is the best live action film and you were um, i don't know if that's changed at all though um i am I'm, I'm i'm i haven't decided yet whether that's changed we'll find I out do, today where, where we're at yeah, we're gonna find out today <laughs> but um what they add to the story here where they flesh out the prince and who he is like this is what like you said this is what a lot of people think is the first live action film and so like we praise the little mermaid for fleshing out who eric was that's what that's what this movie does. And really, in the original 1950 film, the, the prince is there's no personality. He barely has any lines like mm-hmm. there, there's just not a whole lot that we know about him in terms of him personally. Um, then you've got like more, I think, motivation of the stepmother and kind of her conniving. You have some of the Grand Duke conniving that you don't get. Um, I I. I like that they really eliminated a lot of the mice 
in the in the animated, they are a huge part of that movie. A mm-hmm. very large portion of that movie is dedicated to the antics of the mice and Lucifer. And that's not bad, but I like that they really took this opportunity to put the focus on Cinderella and uh and that whole and her story rather than hey here's cinderella all right now we're gonna go 20 minutes to what the mice are doing and <laughs> like okay that's well that's um, classic walt disney right there for you i mean it is um <coughs> the jungle book i mean don't get me wrong like this is an above average really good film i think what um what gets it for me is that Jungle Book starts to get into the it's not completely live action like you got Mowgli and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And I just I'm I'm more of a fan of movies that have more of the live rather than the CGI. That's a personal preference. So I'm so I'm going to edge it to Cinder- Cinderella, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah. So you said you were open to the idea of potentially being convinced. So this is going to be one of those moments where I'm going to try to convince you Jungle Book versus Cinderella. I want to first say this. I, everything you just said about Cinderella, I 100% wholeheartedly agree. Cinderella is an amazing live action movie. It's rewatchable. Um the acting, the writing, the story, costume. the uh, costume, all of that. Absolutely beautiful. Completely agree with you on that. Here's where I think Jungle Book gets the edge, though. First of all, I don't think it's fair to go, this is more live action than that. I think maybe later when we have some comparisons down the line. Yeah, yeah. The only reason why this one's not in that other category of CGI is because there is Mowgli. Mowgli is in that. So that said. What I think gives Jungle Book the edge, and the reason why I think you should consider giving it the edge, is that everybody went into Cinderella expecting it to perform at a certain level. Mm. Everybody went into it with high expectations. Disney even knew that in order for this movie to succeed, they had to put all they could into this movie they had they had to give it all they could i guarantee you that in the writing room in the directing in the acting in the post-production every t was crossed every i was dotted because they knew that if they could make this one work they could make other ones work there was a lot writing on this one movie in order to make it work they put um as far as the budget goes they put 84 to 95 million dollars in it returned 542 million dollars at the box office which for its first live action pretty darn good right not bad yeah as far as the critical response goes 83% approval rating one of the highest that's amazing 7.2 out of 10 ratings um from critics again all of that achieved with literally the full force of the studio on this movie a year later, you get the Jungle Book. And I don't know if you remember the climate of the Jungle Book, but I remember working at the Disney store at the time. And I remember, eh, okay, cool. It, it, it's it's the Jungle Book. Like Fine. There, there wasn't really like this, this, this buildup of how excited, like there was more of a buildup for Pete's Dragon than there was for the Jungle Book. <laughs> I'm not lying. I, I almost consider the Jungle Book kind of like the 
Guardians of the Galaxy of the live actions. Like, mm, it was going to be there. It was going to be there. It was going to be cool. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, Bill Murray's going to voice that. Okay. Okay. That's kind of neat. That's cool. All right. That's cool. It's cool. It's cool. You know, and, 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 you know, they, it, it's animated. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about, oh, my God. Well, it's more animated than live action. They put $175 million into the budget on this thing. Right. And then it hits the theaters and wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am nothing but positivity coming out of the theaters on this movie that they they did not put the same full force in that they did for Cinderella. It ends up getting a 94% approval rating among critics, 7.7 out of 10, and almost grosses a billion dollars. It grosses $966 million. So yes, it costs more to produce, but it also doubled what almost doubled what Cinderella yeah. made. And again, well, I, again, I give John Favreau and I give, you know, the entire production team credit. They did an amazing job. I don't think it had the weight and severity of Cinderella that, that I think it was completely different. So when you look at these two, when you look at Cinderella, which had an amazing performance and it had the full force of the company behind it. And you had the jungle Bork, which outperformed Cinderella without probably the same full force. I think the jungle book edges out cinderella in that regard okay I, i'm willing to i'm willing to give that one up i i'm i'm not gonna i'm not you gonna agree with my logic on that though oh yeah 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 no i agree with the logic i did not think about the expectation version of it that like cinderella was cinderella is a slam dunk story like i mean that's another one how many different versions of there are of the cinderella type story mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. it's a story that plays very well the rags to riches the yeah. like everybody loves that kind of story Whereas, and I do also really like what they, how they updated the Jungle Book because the end of the original animated Jungle Book is pretty like, oh, really? That's mm -hmm. what we're deciding to do? Mm -hmm. This one felt a little, this one felt. And I'm sorry, some of the modern references in the Jungle Book, like more cowbell, like, I mean, that alone was just hilarious to have oh, that show yes like like the, the voice acting cast for that was just phenomenal right mm -hmm. so yeah yeah all right well I, i'm glad i was able to do a little miniature convince me in there for yes it. absolutely all right so that brings us down to the final category of cgi live action or random three of these had buys the sorcerer's apprentice the lion king and pete's dragon the two that are up against one another are lady and the tramp and Dumbo. Now I have to be honest here. I have seen um, Dumbo. I have not seen Lady and the Tramp. So for me, I'm going to pull back from this one and give this one and kind of let you kind of give your thoughts. Cause to me, they're <laughs> Matt's like, whatever here, whatever. I, I mean, what, literally flip what? a coin, man. I yeah. like you, you might as well make these the same movie. Was Dumbo like, in theaters or was that yeah, like Dumbo was Dumbo was in theaters okay. and and again, that's another story. Like the the, the original Dumbo is short. Yes, like it is 45, 63 it's, minutes. It's, is it sixty three minutes? Okay, it's sixty three minutes. The shortest it's animated short. film. Yeah, I like what they did, but also I wasn't like, wow, this is so much fun. I'm having a great time. And Lady and the Tramp, same thing. Like you're you're basically taking, in my mind. Dumbo is probably better known for the attraction at Disney World than he is for the actual movie. Um, then Lady and the Tramp is kind of in that same tier as Dumbo, where it's it's like you're look you're like low B to tier, high C yeah. tier of movie. Like they did it, it was fine, it's watchable, I suppose. Well, if we look at just what the critics say, 
Dumbo has a 46% approval rating, a 5.5 out of 10. And Lady and the Tramp has a 65% approval rating, a 5.8 out of 10. So it looks like Lady and the Tramp edges Lady out. and the Tramp it is. All right, all right. And I, like I said, I have not seen that one. It's going to get demolished in the next I was going to say, I don't want to spend any more time talking about either of those films. All right. Well, now we are moving on to the Sweet 16. We've right. got Jungle Book Mowgli's Story up against 102 Dalmatians, a sequel. Um, again, I have not seen Mowgli's story. I do think I saw 102 Dalmatians. I mean, this this goes back to, I mean, I would have been in. Oh, yeah, this was a long time ago. This was a long time ago. It is a sequel, but Mowgli's story is also what, like adaptation number five of, of yeah, the movie. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a fair comparison. I'm I'm going to give it to 102 Dalmatians only because of Glenn Close's performance and yes. how she is as Cruella DeVille. Would yes. you agree with that? Yes, Glenn Close. That that was my argument for, and even in the next one as well, Glenn Close is my argument for uh, 100. And so we've got- so this, uh, Next one, 101 Dalmatians against Alice in Wonderland. Go ahead, Matt. Yes, it, Glenn Close's <laughs> um, portrayal of Cruella DeVille is very, very, very good. You know, we, we of course, have touted how, how good we love Emma Stone's performance of Cruella. And I think she does a nice job playing this young Cruella but this, you get this really There's a great... chance they could be up against each other here soon. You never know. I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, and even the rest of the movie as well, um, I like how they, um, I like that they, um, the, the the Horace and Jasper, I thought were very, very fun. How they yeah. get all the rest of the animals involved are very, very fun. But really this, the character that you, it's, this is one of those movies that you need one character to kind of carry this film. Yeah. And it's, it's Cruella it's, DeVille it and Glenn is. Close does a, a fabulous job. With and, it. and I will add that sometimes Disney even puts out uh, Glenn Close's version of Cruella DeVille as a character at Disneyland. Yeah. Or in Disney world. So I'm with you. Okay. So that brings us down to the prequel. Other stories. We have uh, our first matchup between an original and a sequel. And that is uh, uh, Maleficent and Maleficent 2. Um, I am already on record on this show right now saying that I preferred Maleficent 2 over Maleficent, um, namely because I feel like it was fleshed out more. Uh, I do feel that the character exploration was better. I feel the villain was better. Um, um, so for that reason, I think Maleficent 2 edges out Maleficent. I understand the other argument of, well, you don't get Maleficent 2 without Maleficent 1, but just like I think Back to the Future you 2. You can make is that argument back, with... Yeah. You can make that argument with literally any sequel. So, I, I think here's where I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree because I like the original story outside of the because basically Maleficent is live action Sleeping Beauty. Like the, it it it's told yeah, yeah, from yeah. Maleficent's point of view. Yeah, yeah. But it is the Sleeping Beauty story, and so whereas Maleficent two kind of gives you this um this next step. And I like that they did something a little bit more original. So I'm with you. All right. This next one, um, I, whew, I don't think this is even a challenge, but it is Christopher Robin against Cruella. Um, I, I'm going to say again that I went into Cruella expecting to not like it. And about 65% of the way through, I was like, gosh, dang it. I'm having a good time. Right. And, and it, I, it, I, I was fully expecting to just come on the pod where we did Cruella and go, I hate this. This is stupid. <laughs> and I couldn't do it. Like it, it is so 
fun of a movie. It is. And every person that I say this to and they go home and watch it, they come back the next day and go, oh my gosh, you were right, man. Cruella is one of the, 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 the only live action movie that I can say I have watched over five times. It, I'll, I'll 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 throw it on in the background when I'm cleaning. Nate will come out. You're watching it again. I'm like, yeah, it's just a. I think the soundtrack helped with that. Like, it's yeah. just a good movie. It's a really good movie. Oh, so, okay. So clearly, that's going to the next yeah, round. A- <laughs> All right, this next one's going to be tough. Oh, uh, th- these these this this story followers one. This is yeah. going to be tough. Beauty and the Beast against the Jungle Book. Whew. I want, let me give the argument for Jungle Book here because um, I think the gut reaction is Beauty and the Beast, but how much of that is the behemoth that is Beauty and the Beast? And is the live action movie really topping the Jungle Book? I just, I, I look at that movie and I think there's some there's just a lot of stuff that I'm like, this is just kind of weird. Like I've talked about the, how they make Cogsworth and Lumiere like real looking. And even that like Mrs. Potts just is a little bit unsettling um, for me. Um, And there's just, maybe this isn't a fair argument, but there's also just certain things that I like better in the animated version. The opening being one of them. I, I get it that li- I, the live action version has a really nice opening, but live action version has a creepy opening. Are you kidding me? It, I mean, it it's is a little, creepy. it's a little creepy. I'm not going to lie. It's a little yeah. creepy. That whole scene with the dance and the, the powdered wigs. No, it's just kind of creepy. Yeah. So um, the, my argument for jungle book is that they really add a lot to this story. It's it's to me, doesn't have as many of the, of like, huge flaws that I'm willing to overlook because Beauty and the Beast is such a great story that has all this great stuff. Um, so like, that's my, my kind of my upset pick here is I, I think I'm actually throwing in my vote for the jungle book because I, I think that live action Beauty and the Beast is a, a okay movie that we all really, really like because the Beauty and the Beast soundtrack and story has such an aura about it. But I think it just it, it it is so buoyed by how good the original is that I think if Jungle Book was on that tier, if the original Jungle Book was this like amazing movie, I think we would think that this jung- live action Jungle Book would be better than the live action Beauty and the Beast. Um, I actually do think the live action Jungle Book is better than the live action Beauty and the Beast. And I'm going to go with you. I don't think it's as much of an upset pick as you think it is. I think for the same argument that I made of the Jungle Book against Cinderella, the same argument can be made Jungle Book against Beauty and the Beast. There were so many high expectations going in to Beauty and the Beast and what was expected. Now, Beauty and the Beast delivered. And it delivered yes. $1.3 billion. Fabulous. It had a budget of about 185, 190 million. Jungle Book had a budget of about 175 million. So they had the same production capacity. But what you didn't have with the Jungle Book was that same animated expectation that you had with Beauty and the Beast. People love Beauty and the Beast is credited as is one of the greatest films of all time out of Walt Disney Studios. Jungle Book, okay, yeah, it was the last movie that 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 Walt produced, you know, had a hand in whatever. But again, very low expectations going into it. It outperformed expectations on every level. And then if you add that to the fact 
that Jungle Book, Matt, I don't know about you, but I heard no negative criticism about Jungle Book at all. In fact, it has a 94% approval rating. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast has a 71%. And while overwhelmingly it was positive, there were moments about, for example, Emma Watson's auto-tuning and the criticism of the Beast song, for example. When you look at some of those and you say, okay, net, net, this has a more net positive rating over here, Jungle Book. This has a little bit less of a net positive rating, but still a great movie. In my opinion, I don't think it's an upset, man. I think Jungle Book hands down. Let's push Jungle Book on through, baby. All right. And I'm sorry to those listening going, what? What? But again, take, take the fandom of the original and the story out of it. And just try to look like like comparing apples to apples of movie to movie. Jungle Book's a better movie. It is. It is. That's not to say that Jungle Book is a better franchise. No, not at all. No characters. We're not. We're not. We're not making like a a referendum on oh, Jungle Book should be the new franchise that Disney gets behind and all of its promotional. No, that's not what we're saying here. We're just saying apples to apples comparative. Jungle Book wins out, at least in our opinion. Okay, this next one's tough. I already know where I stand. You guys heard it two weeks ago, but I'm I'm curious to see if Matt agrees with me or if he's going to try to push the other direction. This is Aladdin versus the Little Mermaid, and that's hard for me to say that I want to go Little Mermaid. Don't get me wrong, I, Aladdin is my one of my absolute all time favorite Disney movies of all time, the animated one. I think I think that's what gets me. Similar to my argument with Beauty and the Beast is like, is my love for Aladdin rooted in I love this movie, and I do. I love the Will Smith versions of the of Prince Ali and Friend Like Me. Mm-hmm. I love the um, Speechless song. I love what they do with Jasmine. Though I do think they could have done more with Jasmine. Um, I think think there's still some meat on the bone. Bone. And, but here's 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 the the one thing that just Little Mermaid wins hands down. Okay. Ursula by Melissa McCarthy. Good. Jafar by actor I can't remember whose name it is bad yeah jafar was very disappointing um and i don't even blame that so much on the actor i blame that on the writing i blame the fact that he didn't have a a song like where was his uh, maniacal laugh yes i did not feel the the putrid hatred for jafar in the live action that i felt for jafar in the animated movie I'm, Um, i'm keeping consistent my villains theory there you I'm go. going with the one that has yeah. a better villain. You know, and I think a lot of that, if you think about it, we're itching for a villain for, in some kind of Disney movie because we just haven't seen any at all. And they the see one Melissa McCarthy's that version. I'm wondering if it has one is the new movie Wish that's mm. coming out in November. Mm. The trailer makes it seem like there's a villainous character. And I'm like, mm, yes, yes, I please. So. I hope so. Um, I'm with you, obviously, Little Mermaid. Um, and it looks like from a from a critical response perspective uh we're on the side of the critics as well 67 percent agreed that little mermaid uh was positive 6.3 out of 10 aladdin 57 percent 5.9 out of 5.9 out of 10 it's not a lot but it's there the one thing that we are bucking a little bit i think is the box office return i mean aladdin was another one of those movies that was over a billion dollars little mermaid will not even come close to that uh, it's it's um settling in at right around 400 
166 million right now. Um, part of that, I think, is the political climate we're in a little bit yeah, different of a thing there. Whatever. That said, though, I also think one of the reasons why Aladdin had a billion dollar box office is because it was Aladdin based off of the animated movie, which is this beloved movie of millennials. So I think there's there's a little bit of that going on. But I'm I, I think we give this to Little Mermaid is what it sounds like. Correct. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, that takes us now to the CGI live action and or random. Um, we have the Sorcerer's Apprentice versus the Lion King. Um, I liked the Sorcerer's Apprentice, but I could not tell you what the plot is right now. I really oh. couldn't. I couldn't. I low key. I love the Sorcerer's okay, Apprentice. That's okay. such a fun movie. <laughs> I, I love it. I love. I, I would. I, I. I love that there are little references to mice or the mouse and, but. To me, I was even shocked to find this on the list as a live action because it's not really even a recreation of an actual movie. It's a recreation of a part of a movie called Fantasia, which is what's I, weird about. I it. can't in good conscience vote the Sorcerer's Apprentice over the Lion <laughs> King. Like that, that just. <laughs> I, I don't love the Lion King live action. Neither do but I. I. I can't. I cannot sit here and argue that the Sorcerer's Apprentice is a better movie. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Well, let's move past that then, and we'll move on to our final in this round: Lady and the Tramp against Pete's Dragon. Um, and again, full disclosure, I have seen neither of these. So, Matt, I'm going to rely on you on this one. I think that Pete's Dragon is a criminally underrated live action film. Um, um, you know, you, you already know my thoughts on Lady and the Tramp and Dumbo. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not maybe like, I don't, I don't think I'm putting it in the upper echelon of, of these movies, but I think Pete's Dragon is a really quality storytelling with quality visuals. Um, it's an enjoyable time. I think it suffered from just people didn't know what it was. I, I think yeah. Pete's Dragon, the original, is one of those lesser known animated yes. movies. I mean, just looking at it, it only grossed 143 million against a, a budget of 65. But when you look at the actual score, 88 percent approval rating. I mean, that yeah. th that's nothing to sneeze at by any means against Lady and the Tramp, which holds a 65 percent, which still is not bad. But I I agree with you. I I think if if Pete's Dragon had been more well known as a franchise, it probably would have done better. I think it was a sleeper hit and it just became a hit later in, in its time. And it probably has become more of a cult following. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's going to be a cult classic live action movie. Okay. All right. We are now into the division championships. Here we're going to start with the originals and we've got 101 Dalmatians up against 102 Dalmatians. Um, for my money, honestly, you know, being the sequel junkie that I am, it's going to be really odd to say this, but I honestly think 101 Dalmatians takes it. I mean, 102 is fun. Don't get me wrong. But 101 was, all, I remember seeing 101 in the theaters with my buddies. Like there was just something fun about going to the, you know, you know, you're, you're nine, 10 years old, seeing this in the theaters. I feel that again, same argument I made before, but opposite, which is you can't have two without one. I think Glenn Close's performance in one is even better kind of thing. I, th I think that's what just uh, this was going to be my argument for these two teams. I think I think Glenn Close's performance in 101 is better than 102. And okay. that would be the only reason why I would push 101. And in looking at the collection of these movies, I think 101 Dalmatians is the best one of these films. So I, I think in I general, agree. I'm feeling OK with that one coming. I agree. I agree. All right, so then we move over to the prequel and other stories. We've got Maleficent 2 against Cruella. 
Now you already know where I stand on this one. I mean, I, I, like I'm not going, I'm not breaking character on the Cruella. Like, okay. I, I, okay. Let me say it again. People. If you have not seen the live action Cruella, if you're like, I don't know, is it going to be good? Oh my gosh. Do yourself a favor and go watch it. It it's so good. <laughs> it is. I just think it's really crazy that two of our top four are based on 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. Yeah. Of all the Disney movies that are out there, two but, of our top four are based on 101 Dalmatians. What is I up think, with that? I think this is the key, and I think we might see it here in some of the later ones. It's it's these oddball, it's the ones that really build on an animated story in a really significant yeah. way that resonate rather than, like I'm looking at Beauty and the Beast as a perfect example. I just prefer the cartoon version. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not that I think that the live action is a bad one. Whereas like with the jungle book, I don't really feel the need to watch the animated jungle book. I'd yeah. rather just watch the live action and same thing with these 101 Dalmatians. I'd rather watch yeah. Cruella or, um, or 101 Dalmatian live action with Glenn Close. So, yeah. All right. Well, this takes us to, this is a big one. The jungle book versus the little mermaid. Now I'm on the record two weeks ago saying that Little Mermaid, in my opinion, is the best live action, and it even beats out the original. Now that I've had a couple of weeks to think through that, maybe my um, my rose-colored lens is worn off a little bit, but I do still believe, in my opinion, Little Mermaid does still overtake the Jungle Book. Oh, see, I'm, I'm, I'm arguing for Jungle Book. All right, today. here's um, your chance to convince me. I, I think that... Um... I'm not going to do the expectation argument because I think this this Little Mermaid is a, is is the expectations were very wonky for it. Um, I just think that I have some criticisms about um, Little Mermaid. I think that the pacing was just really fast. I I do think they added some things, but really did not add that much to the story. They subtly changed things that. Um, make a big impact. So for okay. example, like Ariel being the one that steers the boat to uh, defeat Ursula rather than Eric. That's mm -hmm. a really subtle change that has a large impact yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on the character development. Um, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, not... you know, the more you the more you talk about that and the more I think about our conversation from two weeks ago, you know, one of my criticisms was that final scene against Ursula and how dark and how rushed it felt. Yeah, it was well, just you don't rushed. necessarily get that with the Jungle Book. The Jungle Book feels paced well. It feels well done. It doesn't feel like there are incomplete parts of the movie either. Yeah, I, I just think <clears> it like like it is a better complete movie. Um, there's, there's, uh, there's not any part that I feel like I want to skip through or in the back third, like the sheer con, the mm -hmm. forest is on fire thing has to me a much greater impact than the Ursula is giant. And now we've defeated her. That just, that just felt very let down for me. Whereas mm -hmm. the sheer con like defeat felt really like a big impact moment of the movie. All right. I, you know, and I think if I couple that with just the box office returns, but again, I know box office is rough because of the yeah, climate I, we're in. Plus it's still not done yet, but yeah. I mean, jungle book did almost gross a billion dollars. All right. I'll give it to you. I'm going to, I'm going to give it. I, I, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Yeah. All right. And, and, and that's a, that's a, that's another tough one though. And really now we're getting to the point where it is tough. Yeah. All right. We got one more. This is the lion King versus Pete's dragon. Um, 
again, I haven't seen Pete's Dragon, so it's for me, it's an unfair comparison. But from everything that I know about it, in having seen The Lion King, I do still feel The Lion King takes the cake on this one. I feel that it was extremely well done. I mean, even if it's just, if it was just an animated film, it was extremely well done. I think while it is basically a shot for shot remake of the original, Favreau still puts some of his, I guess, touches on it to make it exclusively his. Um, So what about you? You've seen both. Yeah. I, again, like similar to, I can't in good conscience say that I think the Sorcerer's Apprentice is a better movie than the Lion King. I'm kind of there with Pete's dragon too. I just, I think Peace Dragon is a well done movie, mm-hmm. but um, and while I'm not necessarily a fan of the Lion King, you, you you can't deny that it is beautifully done and does add some things to the story that um, that help. Yeah, yeah, absolutely and help it. So, oh boy, I'm okay with that. Okay, well, we are in our final four. We have the 101 Dalmatians against Cruella and the Jungle Book against the Lion King. Oh boy, this is uh this is interesting. Um why don't we do well, okay, we'll, we'll do 101 against Cruella. It's um, Cruella, right? I mean, this, well, this is a tough one. I mean, I, yes, in my opinion, it is. Basically, we're saying is it Glenn Close's Cruella Deville or is it is it um uh Emma, Emma, Emma Stone's Cruella Deville that wins out is really I what think, we're saying here. I think here's 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 where my argument goes is in Cruella there's more characters like Emma Thompson's yeah. character is it's it's not just Cruella that is carrying the movie. No, you have Cruella that does stuff and you have this Emma Thompson character. Hundred One Dalmatians with Glenn Close. Glenn Close does a fantastic job, but she's pretty much the only human yeah. That really is doing it. Well, anything. and you also get the nice subtle nods to the 101 Dalmatian with, you know, at the end when the puppies are given away to, to both of the characters and it kind of starts the the what eventually is the true traditional 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, it's Cruella. I agree. It's Cruella. I, 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 I think it's that one. And then I, I know what this is for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, boy. Well, go ahead and share yours real quick. I think that um, the Jungle Book has a more I, I gotta think of the right words here Lion King just falls flat because it is a shot for shot remake and some shots work but some shots don't we've referenced this all the time on the pod that I just can't wait to be king like like sequence yeah. is just like them running around a bunch and yeah. what happens in the animated one the colors change the vibe on the screen changes. Everything is different because it is this taking it out of this reality. And the Lion King had to keep it in this reality. And it just kind of fell a little bit more flat. I keep thinking about what you said a minute ago. Because like looking at the box office return, like $1.5 billion. Like it's the highest grossing of all of the live action so far. But I keep thinking about what you said a couple of minutes ago. If I am going to go put a movie on and I'm deciding between the Lion King original and the Lion King remake, it's clearly going to be the Lion King original. But if I'm going to put a movie on and put the Jungle Book original or the Jungle Book remake, it's going to be the Jungle Book remake. And so like that alone tells you that we, I prefer 
the Jungle Book live action against the Lion King live action. Hands down, Lion King against the regular Jungle Book would, would kill it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, the live yeah. actions, I, I'm with you. I guess you're right. It's going to have to be the Jungle Book. And here, this puts Cruella and the Jungle Book in the finals. And to me, I think, you know, now that I've I've digested and heard everything, I, I, I think Cinderella gets upset too early for me. I think Cinderella is still in my top five. Mm-hmm. But I think I can comfortably say that I think these are the top two live action remakes that Disney has put out there. Um, you know what one we forgot? We forgot Mulan. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did forget Mulan, didn't we? <laughs> Yeah, um, you're right. How did I miss Mulan and all that? Yeah, there were 23, uh, and I missed. Someone's it. been yelling at us this whole pod yeah, about right. where is Mulan. <laughs> Honestly, though, I don't think Mulan would have ranked very far. It might have. It might have gotten. It might have gotten, gotten to the elite eight. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But you're right. We missed Mulan. <laughs> but I, but anyway, I, I think that doesn't... Right, if if you had if we would have put Mulan in replace of Sorcerer's Apprentice, mm-hmm. would you have put that? Would you have? Would that have won against the Lion King? I would have made an argument for it. All right. Um, all right. I don't think I would have won, but I would have made the argument. All right. I'm trying <laughs> the, to think the, where the else The one we thing that I appreciate this. about what Mulan did is that is a complete retelling where um, there is it, 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 it adds, it adds, it's, it's got a whole different vibe. I, I think mm-hmm. the problem with that movie, it's a whole different movie. Mm-hmm. than the animated Mulan. It is it is near impossible to try to compare the two. Yeah. Like with Jungle Book, it's really different, but there's there's like the structure of the movie. The skeleton is still there. In Mulan, it, it's it's wildly different. Wildly yeah. different. So all right. Well that said we, we screwed up. Oops. Uh <laughs> whoops. Oh well. <laughs> all right. So we've got Cruella against the Jungle Book. Um I, I guess I'll give mine um you know jungle book has definitely ridden out the entire time here and y'all know I, how i feel about it and until cruella came out i did feel the jungle book was was the best movie out there um but again as i said before i've watched cruella five times or more it's one of those movies i can put on in the background it's a feel-good movie um uh i i just i feel that I feel that the performances of the actresses and actors in the movie, the storyline, the pacing, the writing, the soundtrack, all of that come together to form what was kind of an underestimated movie to begin with. And you walk, walk into it and go, Whoa, really? Like that's, and I also think it was nice that from a timing perspective, it was one of the very first movies that came out post COVID too. Yeah, And so it got a lot of people out of, out of the, the the house to go see it or and if you even watch it on disney plus i don't know but i think in my personal i don't even think it's an edge i really do think krilla is hands down much better than jungle book it okay gonna say it one more time <laughs> if you have not watched <laughs> cruella you are missing out on a quality movie I, i'm give, also giving it the edge and it's it's I'm going to talk about Emma Thompson's performance of who she is as the villain and the cat and mouse game that her and Cruella play um, the the evilness that she she gives off while also being an incredibly likable character like you like Emma Thompson's character. 
Mm-hmm. And yet, even with how horrible she is, it's like, oh man, I want to see more scenes with her yeah. and the banter and with her and her employees and her and Cruella and all like it's, it is, it, it is, I, I really do think the, the best live action movie out there. Um, if you are, if you are trying to say just, just in this vacuum of best live action movies, it, it just, I, it takes the cake for me. Uh, Jungle Agreed. Book is not far behind for me, but I, I'm I'm gonna go with Cruella. Yeah, I think if I think about like my top five, we've got Cruella at the top. Um, I guess the Jungle Book. Now that now we've kind of thought through that Jungle Book, Little Mermaid after that. Um, you know, and then we kind of get into like, in my opinion, Aladdin. Um, you know, maybe even Cinderella at that point would be my top yeah. five. So. Yeah, Cinderella is pretty much in my top five. I, I put 101 Dalmatians in my top five. I still yeah, I, I don't know. My brain just still has a hard time classifying that in the modern day. We've talked about this actions. with the MCU films. It's really hard yeah, to compare films that have come out. It's a completely now. different vibe. It's, yeah. it's a completely different vibe. So, yeah. yeah. Well, there you have it. The definitive beers and ears guide. Uh, less sans Mulan of <laughs> who the uh, top to, uh, top uh, live actions are. I still don't think Mulan would have made it past the lead. lead no, I think, I think we're pretty safe. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Cruella is, is in our list. It continues to be, and I'm going to say it one more time. If you haven't seen Cruella, you must go see Cruella right now. You know, we don't Matt, command I, many things of you in this. No. We ask things of you. We don't command. Yes. I'm commanding you to go watch Cruella before you go and give us five stars, five stars before you go check out CaseyWooley.com before you email us about how upset you are that we forgot Mulan go and watch Cruella. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, um, so to Matt's point, visit CaseyWooley.com. I would love to book a trip with you. Even if you're offended that we forgot Mulan, sorry about that. No, seriously, if you're looking to plan a trip, guys, 2023 has got all, all kinds of discounts uh, through, through the end of the year at this point. I would love to be able to help you plan your trip. 2024 pricing is out. I would love to help you plan your trip. Um, Universal Studios, I would love to help you plan your trip. I would just love to help you plan your trip. Uh, <laughs> um, CaseyWooley.com, you can fill out one of my planning blueprints. You can also check us out on uh, Facebook.com. Um, you can find us, um, Beers and Ears Podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Beers Ears 1928. Email us, Beers and Ears 1928 at gmail.com. Here's an idea. Email us what you thought of Cruella. Uh, <laughs> and then um, you also can check out uh, SorcererNetwork.com. We've got Matt's Mistress Podcast up over there, discontinued on display. Matt's also doing a lot of streaming on Twitch, playing uh, a game. Twitch I've never kind of backed off of, but uh, what, YouTube. What you if you go YouTube. to social network YouTube. Sorry, thank you. I've never heard of the game Ticket to Ride, but he's playing this game. So I'm going to have to check it out one of these Lots days. Lots of other fun stuff too. Um, yeah, just yeah. I just debuted today. We're recording this on Father's Day. We're recording this on Father's Day. Um, uh, uh, debuted a brand new game. Uh, new series. So. All right. And then Matt, you're going to go take a nap after this. So yes, that your, is the thing that I'm doing for Father's, Father's Day. Father's Day, Day nap. Yes. All <laughs> right. Well, um, let's go ahead and raise our glasses, Matt. Yes. Uh, Oh gosh, you're going to ruin the thing. This episode has been on us and we will see you next time. (laughs) Bye everybody. Bye everyone. There it is. There it is. (laughs) Oy vey.
Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.